Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains and 100 chemicals all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called cannabis sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. We are in our studio in Wellesley, Massachusetts. We've been on the road for many, many months now. Happy to be back in the studios here. And I'm joined by Scott Batano from the Boston Cannabis Week. Did I spell, did I pronounce your name right, Batano? Yes, you did, Jim. I wanted to make sure I did that, okay? <laughs> and I understand also you have a co-founder in Lisa Finelli. I want to make sure she gets equal time right. because, as you know, in the Me Too era, they deserve equal time. <laughs> uh, Lisa is fantastic. This wouldn't be possible without her. Yep. And um, so before we get going into the Boston Cannabis Week and how successful it was, I want to find out a little bit about your own background. We ask a lot of people that come in, what is your cannabis story? What is your cannabis story? Well, my cannabis story is I found out at a very young age when I was about 15 years old uh, that it wasn't as bad as people were telling me. Um, I had an uncle I was very close to who confided in me at a young age that he was using cannabis to treat his cancer. And he battled lymphoma for 15 years, and he attributed the reason he was able to last so long was because of the legal cannabis oils he was getting at the time. So at a young age, I became an advocate for it. I recognized the health benefits. And I was always involved a little bit here and there. And in 2012, um, I got raided by the DEA. Um, I had a cross-country shipping operation that was going on for a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> knock, knock, uh, knock. Who's at the door? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Okay. Um, but um, instead of, you know, I was on the front page of the papers and stuff like that for the arrest. And instead of hiding from it, I embraced it. Um, it was soon after in 2013 that medical became legal in Massachusetts. And I decided right then and there, I says, I've been in this industry for a very long time. Now that it's legal, this is the direction I'm going. It's something I'm passionate about. And what better to do for your job and something you're passionate about. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people in the cannabis space that have that passion. And it is remarkable because of the consistency of it. People. And by the way, did you ever think that you would see 13 championships in our native state of Massachusetts in sports and weed being legal for adult use? I'm, I pinch myself. Yeah. It's, it's like we're, we're living in a dream. <laughs> we really are. The golden age of sports and the golden age of weed. Yeah, it's kind of pro. You know, it's 
like prohibition all over again, except without the Tommy guns. Right. End of prohibition, <laughs> but for sure. Um, terrific. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you said the Boston Hemp Company is a CBD company that you're involved with? Yes. So um, I'm one of the um, owners of Boston Hemp Company. It's a uh, CBD company that we deal directly with the hemp farmers in Maine. Yep. Um, everything is processed right in Maine. Uh, we make tinctures and topicals. Um, it was important for us to put out a quality product for the local market. Um, everything is third-party tested uh, through MCR Labs. And it, we started in January, and it, it's been a nice little venture. And we've been able to help a lot of people, which is nice. And, of course, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this show, that hemp is the cannabis sativa plant that has under 0.3% THC, the intoxicating chemical in the cannabis plant. I'm becoming rote about this whole thing, right? <laughs> right? And then, of course, now we have to use the M word, which I don't like to use, but we use the marijuana w uh, word to explain the, the differences between the two plants because they look very similar. Not just similar, they're identical. If you've ever been in a hemp field, you wouldn't know the difference. Right. I mean, my first time in a hemp field, I couldn't believe it looks, smells exactly the same. You wouldn't know it until you test it. You know, one of the things I've learned, I'm going to throw this out at you, blind question, about the leaves of the cannabis plant. Some people take those leaves and turn them into juice, and yes. they have found it to be very therapeutic. Yeah. Um, one of my good friends, um, he juices the leaves um, for his mother, who has MS, and um, she's using RSO and stuff like that as well, but um, she's finding that, you know, juicing the leaves and stuff like that is helping with energy and stuff along those lines. It's an amazing plant, isn't it? it it's absolutely incredible. And it's again, I've learned about chemistry. I've learned about botany. I've learned about business. It touches so many aspects of industry besides those who just partake. You know, it's become a big, it's going to be a bigger business, and it's been extremely slow on the rollout. Any frustrations about how slowly our friends at the Cannabis Control Commission have rolled this thing out into our Bay State? Well, I'm super frustrated with the way things have rolled out in the state, but um, unlike a lot of people, I don't put that on the Cannabis Control Commission because I think their hands are tied by the politicians in the state. Um, I know a lot of them um, personally are very passionate about getting this thing rolled out and they want to do it in the right way. But, you know, they, they're dealing with obstacles just like anyone else. And, but I do tell people when they get frustrated, look to the north at our neighbors in Maine who legalized on the same way we do and they still don't have a recreational program. Right. So, and, and by the way, you know, Maine and Massachusetts were one once back in the day before the country actually was around. Um, we were that first uh, colony. Anyway, um, we talk about the Cannabis Commission. It's a tough job that they have. I agree. I've talked to a lot of these commissioners. Their hands are tied because of the uh, the verbiage in the law. And they feel that, you know, they point the finger at the host security agreements and the towns. It's really funny, by the way, the federal government points the finger at the states and the states points the finger at the host cities and towns. Right. Is, yeah. Isn't it interesting? Finger pointing doesn't work, people. OK, it's called communication and education. This is what is necessary at our elected officials level. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it starts starts at the top. But the problem is, is. There's a lot of problems. Uh, there's a lot of problems, but the but the biggest the biggest problem is is elected officials all have their own agenda. 
Right. Right. So until they can figure out how they're going to profit from it and how it's going to set them up, we're going to be at an impasse. Yeah. And it's we're not I don't know if we're impassing, but we're certainly slowly rolling. How's that? We are. I mean, there's, you know, as slow as it's been, um, you know, if you if you take a look back, we we've come a long way. But there is a long, long road ahead of us. Um, You know, the, the fight isn't over. There is a lot more that needs to be done and to make this um, not just a successful market, but an equitable market and make it inclusive, especially the people who have been involved in this for a very long time, have been adversely affected by the drug war. Like yourself. Like myself. Um, I've been very fortunate to be able to do what I do, but there are greater barriers of entry out there to others. Um, and that's why it's important to us to, you know, try to put together some educational type events that are free to the public and be able to learn about this and work together and, you know, keep strong. It's about education, isn't it? Because the more you know, I hate to use that, but it's, it's always about education. And, you know, it's a fascinating thing. I was reading Sports Illustrated this morning about uh, the decline of football amongst states in our union and it reflects our political divide the red states and the blue states which was fascinating to me in many ways we're not going to go off on a tangent but i thought i would share that because i recommend that article i actually had heard something about that on sports radio a couple weeks back and very similar to what you're talking about yeah and what what did they say on sports radio? Because as you know, there was a time in my life when that was part of my world, you know? And by the way, it's still part of my world. I love sports. Um, it, uh, let's not get into that, all right? Sure. Um, I know that you do like sports. And by the way, how great is it that the Patriots look as good as they look already? Because I know we can, we know that this is dating it. I know I'm dating it, okay? But we got one game under our belts, all right? Now I'm really dating it. I was so impressed with their performance last I night. I was really impressed, especially, I mean... Tom Brady just amazes me. I mean, just when you think, you know, is this going to be the year where he starts to decline? And again, we're one game into it. It's right. a long season, and knock on wood, he can stay healthy, but he, he looked incredible last yeah. night. Yeah. As you get older, your um, definitions of success uh, change. Yes, you're a competitor, and he's a fierce competitor. He always wants to win the game that's on the schedule, the next game, right? Yeah. Whatever it is. Um, but as you get older, the success of not getting hurt after you exercise, uh, play a game, becomes a factor. Absolutely. And trust me, I know this. And then, sure enough, you know, we hope to keep him upright through the entire season, which is always the goal with this because um, football is very quarterback-centric yes, as far is. as the sport goes. Um, do you think the athletes should be using CBD? Obviously, I'm guessing you do since you have a company. CB, I think they should be using CBD and they should be using cannabis. Yeah. Um, there's. By the way, they are. Th- they are. They're just not getting caught they, as regularly as they could have been. Correct. Okay. But, they, but they shouldn't have to hide it. Correct. You know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, if somebody wants to use that to ease their pain rather than pills and have pain pills shoved down their throat... I mean, we've seen many star athletes. You know, Brett Favre was very open about, you know, his addiction to painkillers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, um, there's research coming out now that it can help with concussion treatment and, and everything else. And I think sports really need to step up and take a hard look at it. Um, I've heard through the grapevine that the NFL is starting to move in that direction. Yeah. Um, I think it's you're going to see it as a big part of the negotiation coming up with the uh, – the players in the coming season yeah um, once the cba 
expires? 2020. Exactly. And, so, and, um, and let me ask you a question. If you were in that locker room, would you strike to guarantee your contract and guarantee lifetime health benefits? Yeah, why wouldn't I? Thank you very much. And by the way, if the players decide to hold out and do that, they will have 100% of the of the public behind them. Yes, they will. And but I don't think you I don't think it'll go that far. I don't think the owners will risk a lockout. Well, the owners control the lockout. The players would control a strike. There is a difference there. Well, and what happened the last time that the owners tried to lock out and hire the the um, non-union? Um, the replacement players? Yeah, that's what they were called. I know I hate saying them, but this. There also is another word for them with a four-letter word, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, Flutie was one of them, too. Sorry, Doug, I had to say it. <laughs> I do enjoy your entertainment. I did enjoy you on the field, whether you worked for the Patriots officially or not, you know, or the— uh, let's just say. I had the pleasure of meeting Doug Flutie when I was younger, and uh, what a gentleman. Uh, he's he is a, a great a great legend of sport in this community. Yeah. Um, unlike a lot, because he's hometown grown, and certainly put Boston College into a completely different element as far as their athletics goes. Oh, absolutely, and their admissions, and probably their endowments and everything else, yeah. right? How do you think he gets anything from that? No, I'm like, yeah. I don't care. He got all the fame, but do you remember the guy who caught the ball? Of course, I played golf with Gerard. <laughs> Gerard I got to meet Gerard as well. He's another great guy. But you know what's the funny? If you ever see that, look on the sideline. On in the t- Do you see Bob Newmeyer jumping up and down? Yes. Really excited. That's <laughs> yeah. the funniest part of the clip, right? <laughs> anyway, all right, we're talking with Scott Patano from the Boston Cannabis Week. And I do want to go back to the farm bill for a second here because, you know, the thing about our government is sometimes they act before they really know. And I think if they had to do it again, perhaps some more um, education about CBD needed to be shared because they opened up, I don't want to say a can of worms, but they started something that they now can't even get a grasp on. And I'm talking about the FDA and the DEA and all this. So, um, But it was a significant point in our history that that became a legal product to grow in the United States. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you have so many farmers now that are converting their land over to hemp fields, and it's it's amazing to see. I mean, we're talking about a product that was a big part of history. We're talking about a sustainable product that can help with a lot of issues in the world as far as eliminating plastics, um, another source of fuel, um, cleansing the soil. It's... I mean, just look at saving trees alone. I mean, it's like an acre of hemp produces the same amount of paper as three acres of trees or four acres of trees. And the stuff is just amazing. So it's historic and unbelievable to see, but they didn't put a lot of thought into it because all those things I named that hemp is great for, CBD is kind of the golden nugget of the hemp industry right now. And they had to know that, that's where everybody was going to go with it. And here we are. And there is, you go state to state and there's still uncertainty. Um, even though it, the farm bill passed, it's federally legal. I can't, I can't sponsor an ad on Facebook for my hemp company. Right. But uh, you can on Pro Cannabis Media. I just want to point that out to you, Scott. And we appreciate All that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're right. And it, it's frustrating. And yet 
it was cause for celebration for those who were advocates for cannabis for so long, because it, I believe it was the first step. As we look back on this in a few more years, when eventually we will see federal either decriminalization or true legalization, or they'll just leave it up to the states to make their own laws. Um, I really do believe that the the new normal is out there. I don't know if I'll live to see that day, but I do think that we are moving in that direction, albeit slowly. Yes, very slowly. But, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Exactly. Right. Prog- progress is still progress, and as frustrating as it is, um, it, it, it makes it more frustrating in this country to look to our neighbors in the north and Canada and see how everything is federally legal now and that market is flourishing and now you have a host of Canadian companies coming down here and buying up the US companies and you want to make America great again let's start with the cannabis industry I mean <laughs> well I could start with something yeah. else but you didn't want to talk yeah. about politics all right that being said all right um, no I agree and follow the almighty dollar right yeah. I mean the almighty dollar his drove health care costs ridiculously, and all those drugs that you see um, advertised on television, still one of the largest categories in advertising, are is Big Pharma. Yep. We see that. Are you fearful about what Big Pharma's role may play in the cannabis-slash-hemp-slash-CBD world? I'm extremely fearful, um, but that's one of the amazing things through the education of this um, this industry and now people getting educated right now is they're learning that they're they're turning to this because it it's natural and it's a plant and it comes from nature. So I think you're going to find a lot of distrust in those pharmaceutical companies as they move to make you know different drugs out of this. Um, you know, so hopefully because of the organic growth of it now people will still look to their local growers and their farmers, you know, for their products. Are you surprised that the illegal market has flourished as much as it has? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, you look at the taxes and everything. Um, you know, last I checked, you go into a recreational store in Mass and it's $420 for an ounce. And what that's actually done, not only had the black market flourish, prices have gone up in the black market because now people on the street are like, you know, oh, you were paying 175 for an ounce. Now it's 250, and they say go pay 420 if you don't want if you don't like it. Right. So it, it it's kind of funny. I saw a statistic the other day with California. I read an article yep. where the legal market in California did three billion dollars in the last calendar year. Right. They estimate the illegal market did 8.3 billion. Right. So, and Humboldt County being like the the biggest provider of uh, illegal cannabis to the country, and Whatever. They wouldn't get into that another yeah. day too. They they have that story alone about that now that I learned about that, I'm fascinated with what goes on up there too. And California, just so you know, yeah, they're a member of the United States, but they're a completely different planet. Every time I go there, I the people are just different. I love California. I've spent a lot of time in Southern California. I'm not saying I don't I love, it, I okay? love it, okay? It gets harder and harder to get back on a plane, especially if you go in the winter. But oh, still absolutely. right? But still it's like they it just it's just different it, there. It is a different universe. Um the people are so laid back in I, I think you find in my travels throughout the country, I think you find that a lot when you get away from New England. 
we are definitely the East Coast. We are definitely the biggest busy bodies I've ever been around. In cynics, all, yes, and <laughs> and everything around here is go 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 go, and there's not a lot of the stopping to smell the roses, if you will. Chill. You know? We yeah. need more. We need chill pills. Yeah. That's yeah. what we need. We need chill pills in the Northeast. Actually, I think a we, little just, we just we just need more dispensaries. I was going <laughs> to yeah. That when you get right down to it, you're 100 percent right, um, Scott Patano. I think I could talk with you forever about sports and cannabis, but I think uh, this has been great to get to know you. I wish you the best of luck Thank in the future much. with the Boston Hemp CBD Company. Where, how, where can people find out about that? So Boston Hemp Company, we have a website. It's hempcoboston.com, and we are Boston Hemp Company on all, all uh, social media channels. Um, and hopefully people listening will come out and check out Boston Cannabis Week. Um, we start on September 16th um, with a night of education at District Hall, and we have um, free educational networking events going on throughout the week. We have a great golf tournament on September 19th, and we have ex- ending with Experience Boston, which is a live music and arts festival. So and can check all that out at bostoncannabisweek.com and Boston Cannabis Week on all our social media channels. All right. Thank you so much, Scott Patano, for coming in today. And best to Lisa Finelli. You guys uh, did a great job on Boston Cannabis Week. It was a huge success, and I was happy to be somewhat a little bit part of it. So for Scott Patano, our director, Steve Helmuth, and everybody here at Pro Cannabis Media, I'm Jimmy Young. Thanks for listening to In the Weeds. And remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. In the Weeds with Jimmy Young is a production of the Pro Cannabis Media Group for the education and information of our listening audience. The opinions on this podcast are strictly those of the hosts of the program and do not represent Pro Cannabis Media or any of its affiliates. No medical advice is given and any use of cannabis should be by adults over the age of 21 and used responsibly.